Welcome to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Today, you are going to learn how to outsmart emotional eating and live a life of happiness and joy without giving up the foods you love. Now, here is Dr. Nina. Hi, welcome to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. I'm your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rocklin. I'm a psychoanalyst, and I am here to help you liberate yourself from emotional eating, take back control of your life, and feel good in your body all without dieting, spending hours in the gym, or counting a single macro. Today, I'm going to answer your questions about food, weight, body image, binging, all the things, right? All of your questions. And uh, I know one of the questions has to do with finishing up my my uh, show from last week, The Seven Power Moves for a Stress-Free Holiday. I think I only got through five of them. So if we have time, I'm going to get through the rest of those as well. So the first question, let's just dive in deep. By the way, if you are watching on Instagram, feel free to drop a comment uh, or a question. I'm, I'm here to answer your questions. So I'd love to hear from you. And if you would like to call into the show and talk to me, the number is 866-472-5792. I'd love to hear what is on your mind, what is eating at you and weighing on you because that is the true problem that leads to binge eating. It's not food. It's not willpower. It's not addiction. It's not even food. Which leads me to my first question, which is, how do I get control over food cravings? Okay, so there are two reasons why we have food cravings. The first has to do with deprivation. And by the way, dieting is by its very nature about deprivation. And when we don't allow ourselves to have something that we want, we automatically want that more. So deprivation, being on a diet, not being able to have this or that, that makes you crave the thing that you cannot have. Right, it's it, it, it's not just food. If I say, "Hey, do not think about an elephant right now. Do not think about an elephant." What is the first thing that pops into your mind? An elephant. Best animals ever. Once got to actually spend some time with an elephant it was such a, a like almost spiritual experience. It was amazing. Elephants are wise, and oh, they're so cool. I I digress. Okay, so one reason why people end up having food cravings is they are depriving themselves or they're hungry, right? When you're hungry, and this is this is not the psychological aspect of binge eating, this is the physiological. When you're hungry, um, you're going to crave food naturally. When you're on a diet and you've been deprived and you tell yourself you cannot have something, of course you are going to want that thing more than anything. And eventually when you end up having it, if you have the diet mentality, you're going to say, oh my gosh, I blew it. I might as well have all of it. So then you end up binging because of that black and white thinking of, oh, I I, I shouldn't have cookies, but I had two cookies or three. Well, I blew it. The day is ruined. I might as well have all the cookies plus the ice cream, plus the chips, plus the pizza, plus everything I have not been having on this diet. Oh, we have a caller. Um, uh, so that is one reason. Welcome, Sarah from Montana. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dr. Nina. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Sarah. 
Yes. Thank you for all that you do. You stopped me from binge eating. I don't know if you remember me or not. Of course I remember you, Sarah. Let me just say that for, for those of you who are on Instagram, um, you cannot hear Sarah because I only I can hear her. So she is uh, te- she is she just thanked me for helping her break free from binge eating. Sarah, it is delightful to hear from you. How can I help you today? Well, I stopped binge eating, but what I have is sometimes I have sleep issues, which I used to have. And normally I follow my body now and, you know, if I try to get into my feelings, if that's why I'm eating, is it emotional or whatever. But sometimes now, because I used to have trouble with sleep and that's when I would overeat, I can't listen to my body when I'm really, it doesn't happen all the time. It's it's like, you know, every couple months. I used to have it every night. Now I only have it that time. But I can't listen to my body. It tells me I'm hungry, and I know I'm not hungry. I'm not craving a certain type of food or anything, but uh, I just want to eat, or okay. I eat to stay awake. So what what are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, Sarah, good self-analysis that you're realizing in part you're eating to stay awake because sometimes we um, deny, we, we deny like what our real needs are. We may think we're hungry when we're actually thirsty or when we're tired, we end up trying to eat. Like you're saying, we, we, we eat to, to wake up, especially something with say chocolate or sugar. We, we eat to stay awake. Um, that is like a misuse of food. But what you're also saying is that sometimes you find yourself craving food and you don't know why. And you, right, you say in that situation, because I'm not craving a certain type of food or like, you know, like the, the creamy or the crunchy or, you know, following your food formula. So I, I don't feel that. I just feel like I need to eat. My body's telling me I need to eat and I'm not, I'm not understanding why. So you're not, you're not physically hungry, but there's a part of you that's like, I need to eat. Am I understanding right? right? I know it's mental. Yeah, I do okay. know it's mental, okay. but I don't, All right. I don't know how to get around that. Well, great question. Let's unpack that a little bit. So you're saying that you you use my food mood formula. You're not drawn to a particular craving of food. You just want to eat and you're not hungry and you don't know why. So I have a couple of questions for you. Right. One is, you know, because wanting to eat is is code for something. So would you say like you want more of some, you like you want to eat more? More. Uh, yeah. I feel like okay. I need to eat in order to work. You know, I'm trying to just make it through the day, you know. Okay. So uh, I wonder if I you are just... do that before I... When I started binging, I used to do that a lot where I would just eat, you know, without right. thinking. This I know. I'm I'm hungry and I know it's my body telling me I'm hungry, but it's not really hungry. But it's not tied to anything emotional because you got me through all that. I don't really have well, emotion. Thanks to you, I don't have those emotional issues. <laughs> oh. I feel like my backpack is empty on all that junk. Yeah. Okay. So then it's not emotional eating, at least not overtly. You know, it's not right. um, obviously emotional eating. So, which, but something is going on because you want to eat when you are not hungry and you're aware of when you're doing it to stay awake, or you know, maybe you're distracting yourself from something. If you weren't thinking about food in that moment, 
at work, for example, does it always happen at work? Yeah, yeah, most of the time. Okay. Yeah. So if it's always happening... I need to stay awake and stay concentrated while I'm working. I I work at a computer all day, so I really have to stay focused. And when you're tired, you can't focus. Okay, so on the one hand, you are using food to stay awake and stay focused, um, like kind of medicating yourself to stay awake. But on the other hand... There are times, if I understand this correctly, it's not that something else is going on. I would say if you're thinking about food, if you're turning to food or thinking about food or wanting to eat or any of those things and you're not hungry and you're not aware of something emotional or you're not craving a particular thing, then you're distracting yourself from something. So my question to you is if I could wave that magic wand that I have, I should have it within reach here, but I don't. Um, if I could wave my my magic wand, I'll, I'll wave my my Doctor Nina pen. <laughs> it's a okay. it's a I'm, I'm waving it. It's a it's a magic wand for the moment, and I could take away all thoughts of food in that moment. Sarah, what would be on your mind? What would you be thinking about? And what would you be feeling if I, you couldn't think about food? I want to sleep. I really want it because I know if I sleep and I go back to normal, then my brain will act normal, you know, because I don't have trouble following my body or whatever when I'm normal and I'm not tired, you know, but when so I didn't what, sleep the night before, it's it's hard. Okay. So this really does seem to be centered around sleep and not getting enough sleep and using food to stay awake and distract yourself from how tired you are. And maybe you also, there's some, maybe there's some meaning around how hard it is for you to sleep because you have shared that you've had sleep issues in the past. So maybe, you know, right. what does so it mean? I feel to- like it's old habits coming back and I don't want them to come back. But I don't know how to stop them from. <laughs> so what's keeping you up at night? Um, well, just this last week, I forgot. I forget, I wear a retainer, which helps me to breathe better, and I didn't wear it one night, and then I had trouble the next night sleeping, you know. Okay, so if yeah. you were to resolve this, seems like the, the resolution really is in getting enough sleep so you're not exhausted, so you're not trying to stay awake and using sugary, presumably sugary foods to stay awake. Um, if you were to allow yourself to get the rest that you need that this would really resolve itself unless there's, unless there's something else. You can't sleep, but should I just say, forget it and just sleep three or four hours and then go back to normal? Because I think that's better than not sleeping. I mean, yes, I, I think you need to give yourself your body what you need. So even if it is to step away from work and get like an hour or two of nap, so that you get, you know, you recharge a bit. Then when you go back to work, you're not fighting sleep. You're not using food to fight sleep. And you're going to feel, as you just said, more normal and and focused. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, it, it, I, I was thinking maybe it's kind of a head thing but, or bad habits. Because I know when you eat too much, too, that gets you tired, too. So, and I don't want to go down that cycle again. I, I guess I'm afraid yeah. I'm going to go back to my old ways, you know. You know, I there, guess that's there, just being human. there's, 
actually what you're saying, uh, there's a question that I was going to get to later, and the, which actually uh, I'm going to answer it now with you, because the question was, can binge eating disorder be cured completely or is it a lifelong condition in which you just go back to your old ways, like you're saying, hey, there's a reason I, I created the binge cure method. And my books are the binge cure and the binge cure journal, the binge cure, right? That's because, yes, I do absolutely believe in a cure. So you're afraid you're going to, you know, slide into bad habits. When you say that, you're, you're forgetting that you've created new habits, that you have a new way of responding to yourself. You have a, a new habitual way of being. And right now you're catching yourself eating, you're even cognizant, you're recognizing that it's because you're tired, not because something emotional is going on. And look, you're calling me to check it out. So you're not going to just slide back into those old habits because you have too much awareness. And when you're really aware oh, okay. of why you are eating, yeah, when you're aware of why you're eating, instead of focusing on what you're eating, then things, they 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 don't, you can't really slide backwards. You might have a little dip here and there, but then you're conscious enough to go, oh, I know what this is and I know why. Really, you're just calling me to confirm that you're, that you've been eating to uh, wake up when, when you're exhausted rather than there's something else that's deeper and darker going on. So when I get in that mode, I need to just go through the food through formula and, and, um, Soothe myself just like I do with when I want to do it for emotional reasons, but just realize, hey, I need to go to sleep. Is yeah, that you, basically you, what you're saying? Yes. You know, when you, I remember being at, um, I was at a park and there were these two nannies and they had these two babies and these nannies are just talking, 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 talking. And the babies start crying. And the nannies keep talking to each other and they just put a bottle in the baby's mouths. And I remember thinking, mm -hmm. oh my God, because what are they teaching that baby? That They're teaching that baby that when there's anything upsetting, they didn't check out, like, does the baby need to have a diaper change? Does the baby need to be held? Does the baby need, you know, a hug? Does, you know, it, thirsty, hungry, like what's going on with the baby? It was all, oh, the baby's upset, feed the baby. And that baby learns that any kind of uh, upsetting um, experience is going to be met by food. And so somewhere along the line, you learned that anything upsetting is going to be resolved with food. But you also know that food is not the answer when you're tired. When you're tired, you need rest, not chocolate or whatever you're having. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So meet the, like, yes, look at the food mood formula, but that's really when you're drawn to a particular craving. If you just want to eat something because you want to wake up, then ask yourself, you know, what, what is this food going to resolve? What problem is this resolving? It's not an emotional problem. It's actually a physiological problem of being tired and give yourself that rest. That's what you really, really need. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm just kind of in the panic mode. I want to be perfect because 90% of the time now I'm following it correctly. It's just this, it's like, I, I think we all get to that. I think oh. I'm just to that point where I want to do it all the time and it's not doing it 100%. Well, well, I guess nothing in this. 
Nothing is perfect. And I, I, I know you're calling and I don't know if you're on Instagram, but I'm holding up my cup that says perfectly imperfect. You want to be perfect? I am sorry, Sarah. Here's the, here's the reality. You're nobody can be perfect. We are perfectly yeah. imperfect. At, and, and we have to embrace that because that's actually what makes us and life interesting. So I would say to you, trust yourself, ask yourself, what problem is this solving? Is it emotional? If not, is it physiological? Are you, are you tired? Are you thirsty? Like what's going on with you? And then give yourself what you need. And okay. And if, and if one of your kids, for example, was tired, would you say, oh, you're tired, you're exhausted, you were up all night? Eat this. No. Oh. No. You'd say, get some rest. And if your kid was like, but I got to work, you'd say, you know what? You need to sleep and you're not going to be any good at work until you recharge. So, like, you know, give yourself what you need. Talk to yourself as you okay. would talk to anybody else. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Nina. You are you are so welcome, Sarah, and it is wonderful to hear from you. One of my success stories, and um, I'm I'm so glad that you're being curi- you're being curious, not critical, and you you really do know what's going on. I think you just need to trust yourself a little bit more. Well, that's always been an issue. So, yes, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Call back anytime. Um, okay, bye. Bye for now. And Denise is saying that she can relate to the sleep issues and that binge eating is related. Yes. I mean, I know you couldn't hear what Sarah was saying um, because it's in the feed. But uh, yeah, she was, as you could tell, probably from what I was saying, she's using food as a way to kind of perk herself up throughout the day. And she realizes it's not emotional, but she needs to like wake up. So she's using food for the wrong reason. And when you give yourself what you truly need, you don't use food for that purpose. So hopefully that, um, that helps you, Denise, too. Yeah. And, and again, it's that I always go back to that, you know, remembering those nannies with the, with the babies. You know, those babies are, are not, they're going to confuse the need for, for a hug with hunger. They're going to, because when you're, when you need a hug and you get food, you think somehow you, you get, I guess you get hungry for love in a sense. Um, if you're, if you're thirsty and you, and, and you get fed, well, I guess for a baby, it's kind of the same thing. But if you, you know, if you, if you have a need and all you get is food, then every time you have a need, you, you start going to, well, food's going to resolve everything. Food's the thing. It resolves when I'm hungry, when I'm tired, when I'm thirsty, when I'm uncomfortable, when I'm uncomfortable physically, it becomes the go-to thing. And we have to really dig down and look at, well, what is it that you really need in that moment? So for the, for the question of how do I get control over food cravings, um, looked at deprivation. Sarah's call was timely because it's like, you know, are you really craving food or are you craving sleep? You know, what do you really need? What does your body really need in that moment? And, you know, uh, there's a reason for the getting back to diets, the diet binge cycle deprivation leads to binging. Deprivation leads to binging. And that is why 
diets lead to binging. The diet binge cycle, oh, it's the worst. So that's why one of the things that you have to do to create a binge cure is, is just to, to ditch dieting. It's very, very important. Um, okay, so the other reason why the, why we crave food is when perhaps we have a hungry heart. And that is about um, using food to resolve something emotional. And Sarah was talking about like using my food moon formula. And she said, no, she's not craving anything specific. She couldn't figure out like what, what was it really about? Actually, she could figure it out. She just needed to trust herself. Um, but if you can't figure it out, that's something to, to think about. So the food mood formula is my formula that relates specifically to very specific food cravings. So um, if you are craving something creamy and smooth, that is a sign that you need comfort. If you are craving something kind of filling, like um, you know, bread, pasta pizza, cake, muffins, even kind of chewy, uh, big cookies. How can I put it? Not like crunchy cookies, but like filling cookies. That's associated with filling a void. So loneliness, something missing in your life, um, something that you're, you're not getting satisfaction in your life. What are the holes in your soul? What are the holes in your life? Do you not have satisfying, gratifying work? Do you not have a satisfying relationship? Are you hungry for love? Are you starving for a, 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 you know, affection or recognition? What's going on with you? Um, the next category is crunchy. So if you just have a thing for crunch, look at forms of anger that you might feel. So frustration, irritation, annoyance, rage, these are all forms of anger. And I have many people tell me, well, women tell me, well, I'm not an angry person. I mean, I, I'm frustrated, but I'm not, I'm not an angry person. Well, guess what? You're you're a person who's angry, and frustration is a form of anger. Annoyance is a form of anger. Rage is an extreme form of anger. Irritation, being mad, these are all forms of anger. Women have been socialized not to express anger. So what happens when we get mad? Oh, we deny it, and then we eat something, and then we we get mad at ourselves. I can't believe I ate that. I suck. I'm the worst. I have no willpower. Or even worse, you talk to yourself in that dreaded second person voice. You have no willpower. You're never going to lose weight. You're disgusting, right? Those are the things that you know, people tell themselves. So that's, you know, I call it the, the, the boomerang effect, boomerang binging. Instead of expressing some feelings uh, about a situation or a person or people in the world, it gets boomerang back on you. And then you get mad at yourself. Men, it's a little different because men are socialized not to feel anything vulnerable, but hey, it's okay to be angry. So guys don't have, you know, warm feelings, sad feelings, any kind of vulnerable feelings. They're told not, I mean, they have them. They're just told not to have them. And what happens? It all gets sort of uh, transmuted into anger. So instead of being sad, they get mad. And women, instead of being mad, 
they get sad. So uh, how do you get control over food cravings? First look, are you? is it a result of deprivation? Are you giving yourself the wrong thing? Like you're tired, but you're e- eating to wake up. Or conversely, are you are you anxious and kind of tense and and like you can't calm down and you're eating to sedate yourself right to kind of calm your body and then that calms your mind or are you eating to resolve something emotional are you turning to something smooth and creamy which is associated with comfort something filling which is associated with an empty place in your life or your heart crunchy crackers, chips, pretzels, crunchy cookies. Um, and that's form of anger. People say, well, what about chocolate? Well, chocolate is either, uh, you know, it, it has those creamy centers or it's milk chocolate, which is kind of creamy. So that's in the creamy category or it's crunchy. Uh, chocolate with nuts or, or dark chocolate, that's crunchy. So it really does fit the formula. And if your thing is... Uh, Trying to think of someone who swizzlers, twizzlers, something like that. Some something like that. I don't even remember what it was exactly. And and uh, people who want candy, but it isn't in the chocolate category. Well, maybe you need more sweetness in your life. Well, not the kind that comes from sugar, but the sweetness of love and connection and fulfillment and all of those things. So it's really important to recognize that food cravings are craving for something. Either, either you know, you want the thing that you've been denied. Either you want to, to change the way you physiologically feel in that moment. Or you want to, you're craving comfort. You're craving distraction from something painful. You're craving a way to express yourself that feels safe something along those lines. And to answer the question of can binge eating disorder be cured completely or is it a lifelong condition? Absolutely, because it's the it's not the problem. It is the solution to the problem. Binge eating is not the problem. It is a problem, but it is not the problem. It is a solution to the problem, whether that problem is you feel lonely or upset or helpless, or angry, or or whatever it is that's going on with you, it is a solution to that. Or deprived, or you know, there's there's some problem that eating is resolving, and that is why it is so 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 important to really dig deep. This is why I like the idea of emotional gardening, right? If you just pluck that weed, it is going to grow back. You've got to get into the dirt into the into the the ground underneath in our unconscious right that's hidden from us and get to the root the proverbial root of why you're eating instead of focusing on what you are eating and where the cure comes is that when you really get when you get to those roots and you pull them up and you get rid of them forever and you learn new ways of comforting yourself, distracting yourself um, in, in a healthy way, because we also need to do that, uh, uh, responding to ourselves, feeling filling the, the holes that we feel in our lives, expressing ourselves and responding differently to ourselves. When we do that, guess what? Everything changes for good.
right? And that's the cure. That's why I talk about uh, not recovery, which is I'm going to spend the rest of my life being good and thinking about this liberation. Liberation means it's in my rear view mirror. I don't do that anymore. Done. Okay. On that note, I am taking my two minute break. Um, so I'll be back in two minutes and we'll answer more questions. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you tired of the endless cycle of dieting and binging? Ready to break free from emotional eating and regain control of your life? Look no further than The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina, the transformative radio show that will empower you on your journey to food freedom. Dr. Nina is here to guide you every step of the way. Join her as she delves into the true causes of binge eating, uncovers hidden triggers, and gives you effective strategies for lasting change. With practical tips and inspiring stories of transformation, The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina will help you nurture a healthier mindset, embrace self-compassion, and rediscover your true self. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Have questions for Dr. Nina? Join her on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. I'm your host, Dr. Nina Sabel Rocklin, and I am answering your questions about binge eating, stress eating, any kind of emotional eating. Uh, if you are on Instagram and you want to drop a comment or a question, please do so. And if you would like to talk to me, call in the show like, like Sarah did earlier. Uh, the number is 866-472-5792. 866-472-5792. All right. So earlier in the first part of the show, I talked to Sarah. We talked about how to get control over food cravings and the many different ways that you, you know, you want to think about that. Another question is, um, is binge eating a sign of deep, deeper psychological issues? Well, as you can see by the, the first half of the show, sometimes it's a sign of, I wouldn't say psychological issues. Let me get to that in a second. But 
sometimes it, it it's a sign of something emotional, something's going on, and it's a way of resolving something emotional or distracting yourself. But it can also be a sign of deprivation. It could be a sign of just giving yourself the wrong response. You know, if you're calming down by eating a bunch of carbs and you're sedating yourself with, with uh, you know, bread or something, you're just giving yourself the wrong response to what you really need, which are other ways of calming your body, calming your mind. If you're eating to pep up like like Sarah was, that's just the the, the wrong response to your needs. And as far as eating as a way of coping, right? That you're you're eating for for comfort, for distraction, to go numb. I don't call that a a, a deep psychological issue. I've had so many people who come to me and they say, "Oh, I have such severe mental health issues," and I'm all, "Really? What what are they? What are your severe mental health issues?" And they're like, "Well, I I mean, I binge." They always look at me like, what, 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 what is she? Of course she knows I have deep psychological issues. No. And here's what I tell them. You, you know, they, 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 they tell me they're like mentally ill. And I say, you are not mentally ill. You do not have deep psychological issues. You are using food to cope. And I'm in no way minimizing some of the things that go on. I'm not saying that those aren't intense and awful and traumatic. Absolutely. But binge eating in this context is a way of coping. It is not about willpower. It is not about control. It is not about addiction. It is not even about food. And it is not a sign of um, a deep mental health issue. It is a sign that you have a very negative coping strategy that needs to change. But there is nothing wrong with you as a person. You are not defective. There is not something wrong with you. There's just something wrong with the way that you are trying to cope. And I think that's a really important distinction because there's so much shame around binge eating, so much shame. It's, you know, it's it it's not about a defect in you. It's a way of coping. And by the way, how did you learn this way of coping? Well, for one thing, our very first experience of say relationship and feeling comfortable and cozy and safe in our world is when we're infants and we are fed. We're held in someone's arms. We have this blissful experience of being close to someone. They're usually like looking down at us with love and appreciation and delight. Um, and that experience of just pure bliss is is fused with the experience of being fed and eating. So somewhere in our psyche, um, food equals relationship. That's why we talk about comfort food. We really, we really have a wish to be comforted. And if we grow up and we don't learn how to comfort ourselves because we are taught that we shouldn't even have the feelings in the first place that for which we need comfort. Right? There, there's a there's a severe problem in our culture which says, hey, don't have feelings. Feelings are bad. You are weak if you have them and you are strong if you do not have those feelings. So what do you do if you feel mad, sad, afraid, 
anxious, worried, whatever. What do you do? Well, what do we do? We try to positive think them away. We try to ignore them. We're told we should just drop it. We're told it's not as bad. Like other people have real problems. Why are you worried about that? Our feelings are minimized. They are dismissed. They are trivialized. They are ignored. And so what do we do? We learn to do the same thing to ourselves. We try to dismiss them. We try to ignore them. We try to positive think them away. Does not work, by the way. We try all of these strategies to deal with our emotions, which are simply reactions to situations. They are not character flaws. But if we're taught that they're character flaws, if we're taught that we should ignore them, drop them, positive think them away, and we can't do it, eventually we're going to stuff them down because our earliest, earliest experience of feeling blissful and safe and happy is being fed as infants. So that's why we learn to turn to food. So the problem is not, you know, binge eating. Binge eating is the solution to the real problem, which is our societal uh, prohibition against being human. So have some compassion for yourself instead of labeling yourself as having deeper psychological issues or mental health issues. And by the way, I, I really prefer... Um, the term emotional health to mental health. Mental health has such a pejorative, negative perspective. When I had my office um, in a very busy intersection in the, the Los Angeles area, uh, you know, I would see people who were talking to Jesus and, you know, absolutely out of their mind. Those people had mental health issues. Those people, schizophrenic people, are you know seriously mental. That's mental illness. This is not. This to me is is um, emotional. Is an emotional, not illness, but emotional conflict. And once you learn a new way of identifying, expressing, and and your feelings and responding to yourself everything changes for good, right? It It is a way of coping. It is not a mental illness. We just need to cultivate more emotional health. So no, binge eating is not a sign of deeper psychological issues if you look at it as, as mental health. Yes, it could be trauma. Yes, it could be something very um, intense, but uh, there's something about the phrase deeper psychological issues that seems really kind of um, like shame based. So I want to mitigate the shame and say, if you have a deep psychological issue, is that that's what you're calling it? It comes from somewhere. It comes from, from trauma. And there are two kinds of trauma, as you may know, right? There's the, the, the big T trauma, which is the big, horrible, awful event that happens to you. It's like a butcher knife to your body, just bad, awful, terrible thing. You know, the car accident that kills someone or, or war or, uh, economic disaster or, you know, just something, some, or, you know, horrific abuse. That's big T trauma. Little T trauma is like uh, a thousand small cuts. So whereas big T trauma is the butcher knife to your body, Little T trauma is like the thousand small cuts, the thousand cutting remarks that someone says to you, the thousand ways that you your needs are ignored or 
or diminished or minimized, the thousand ways you're shamed, you know, that that has an effect as well, a deep effect on your self-esteem, your way of thinking about yourself and your way of being with yourself, which in turn goes to using food to escape, numb, comfort, etc. Fill the void symbolically. Or maybe you eat so much you're in physical pain. Maybe you're converting your emotional pain to physical pain. So often people only look at their behavior and not what's driving the behavior. It's it's like plucking the weed again and not thinking, hey, there's a root to that. There's a root that's creating this weed. If I just pluck it, it's going to grow back. You got to get to that root and be really curious, not critical. And that's how you find the answers. Um, next question is, how do I curb late night binge eating urges? Okay, great question. Probably the most common question I get. So here's the thing about binge eating at night, which is super common. In fact, I think I'm going to title my next book, How to Stop Binge Eating at Night, something like that, because it's so, so, so common. You know, people say, oh, I was just perfectly fine during the day. I didn't even think about food sometimes, or I could eat in a healthy way, be reasonable, the, the, like the, the, the preoccupation and the, the obsession wasn't so bad, but at night after dinner... I'm not hungry, but oh my God, all I can think about is what's in the kitchen. Can't stay out of the kitchen at night. Why is that? Now, usually they will say, see, I'm a food addict. <laughs> see, I have a problem with ice cream or whatever it is. No, you don't have a problem with ice cream. Ice cream is the solution to the problem. So what's the problem? And why does this happen? Well, when we're busy, when we're busy at work all day, or we're taking care of kids, or we're working, or we're doing both. <coughs> Excuse me, hold on. When we're busy at, during the day, our minds are occupied. We're doing, 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 and we're not thinking too much except about what we're doing and what we have to do and all of these things. But at night, we're not so occupied. We're not so busy. That's when thoughts and feelings can creep into our minds thoughts that are disturbing thoughts that are scary thoughts that we don't want to we don't want to think about and that's when instead we start thinking about food or eating or both as a distraction from how difficult it is to be with ourselves right? eating is something to do so that you don't have to be with yourself and if you're busy beating yourself up for eating whatever or thinking about it, you're not thinking about other things. I have often told the story of my very first group when I was a brand new therapist. This is the group where the, the woman said to me on, you know, within the first 10 seconds of the group, what does a skinny bitch like you know about binge eating? It turned out to be the most excellent question ever because I could tell her about my history. And she knew that I got it. I might have been a skinny bitch, but I got it. There was another woman in that group. And she kept insisting, no, 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 no. 
she wasn't using food to cope. She wasn't, you know, eating because she was uh, deprived. She wasn't, um, shouldn't have any emotional problems. She wasn't using it for the wrong reasons. She just liked food too much. And she insisted on this. She insisted that, that she just liked food too much and that was her problem. And it was just about willpower and all of that until about 20 minutes before the last meeting of this group, when she said the following, which was so revealing. She said, if she were not thinking about food all the time and constantly figuring out how she could lose 20 pounds, because that was her thing, she had to lose 20 pounds. That if she did not think about that, she might be thinking about the fact that she would want to leave her husband. Boom, right? That was the problem. That was the problem that focusing on food and focusing on the 20 pounds and all the things distracted her from. So at night, she couldn't go there. She couldn't even allow herself to go there at any time. Uh, of the day or night until about 20 minutes before the last session. But that was what she didn't want to think about. So I'm not saying it's always on the level of that, but if you don't know how to be with yourself, if you don't know how to think about things that are uncomfortable, if you don't know how to, you know, just be and not do, you might eat at night to distract yourself from a state of being. This is why I always recommend against meditation, unless it's a very guided meditation, for people who are struggling with binge eating disorder. Those meditations where you're just listening to music and you're supposed to be one with your thoughts or not think at all, oh, they make things worse. And I, I do talk about a situation where a, a woman uh, was... Who, she she met a guy who was really into meditation and she finally tried medita meditation and she realized a lot of stuff that was really deep and intense about why she couldn't be with herself so meditation is very hard for people who are who are on, in the process of liberation from binge eating or emotional eating because it puts you in touch with yourself when you're not ready to be in touch with yourself yet. And you don't yet have the ability to be with your thoughts, be with your feelings, respond to yourself when you have scary thoughts and all of that. Um, so how you curb late night binge urges is you first figure out what you are distracting yourself from. And that's another time when you want to use the food mood formula, especially if you are going for something specific. So again, the food mood formula is if it's um, something creamy you want, like ice cream or even creamy peanut butter, or any nut butter, or anything like that, that's a sign that you need comfort. If it's filling foods, that's a sign that there's some emptiness or loneliness in your life that you want to take a look at, some hole in your life. Anything crunchy is uh, associated with forms of anger and uh, candy. Think about what sweetness you are missing in your life. Because by the way, if you don't have enough sweetness in your life, enough fun in your life, food becomes fun. Food takes the place of fun. So first figure out, well, what is this doing for you? 
Oh, and I should say this, in terms of the food mood formula, it only applies during those situations when you're using food to dis- distract from yourself or to cope in some way, to change the way you are emotionally feeling. If you are just having some you know, chips with your sandwich at lunch or whatever, uh, that is not the same as opening a family size bag of Doritos and being unable to stop eating them and hating yourself with every bite. The food mood formula is for those family size bag of Doritos can't stop eating them moments. It's not, I'm just having some chips with my lunch or my dinner or, or maybe your breakfast if you're into that. Um, so that that I just want to make very clear. So get really clear on why you are turning to food and then you have something to, to to deal with now. You now you cultivate a new way of coping, comforting yourself. Um, you can look at well, what is missing in your life, and start making you know, having a strategy of how to fill in those holes. When you identify what's missing, or you're identifying what you're feeling, now you can respond to that. Or if you're angry, I do not suggest that you say to the person or people that you're angry with. Hey, you're really pissing me off. That usually doesn't go anywhere. But you still have to get it out and be able to express it for yourself without turning it on yourself. So essentially, you identify what's going on. So think, what what problem is this resolving? What's happening here? Why am I doing this? What is it I cannot be with? We live in a society that the Dalai Lama said, hey, you, we're not human doings, we're human beings. And Deepak Chopra later took that line, but it originated with the Dalai Lama. So let's give him some credit. Yeah. But we live in a society where we are constantly told that we are we should achieve and produce and we're only as good as that, you know, the, the last thing that we're doing and all of that, where we don't know how to be with ourselves and then we don't know how to feel our feelings. So think Stop, think, what problem is this solving for me? Identify, you know, what are you feeling? What do you need? What's going on with you? Do you need comfort? Are you upset? Are you angry? Do you, are you feeling a void in your life? And then express that. Get a journal. In fact, boy, do I have a journal for you, right? The Binge Cure Journal. I wrote it for you. So you have a a way of expressing yourself and getting in touch with all of this, as well as creating some self-love and your dream life roadmap and so many different things. All right. Shameless self-promotion there. (laughs) But it is uh, an incredible tool that you can use to help yourself. Um, And so you express yourself. And it's not just, I feel this. It's not, I, I've had people say, well, I expressed myself and it did not help at all. And I'll say, well, like, like, what did you say? Well, I said, yeah, I'm angry. Okay, that's not expressing yourself. That's identifying that you're angry. That's thinking anger. Expressing anger is like, oh, I'm so pissed. This is why so many of us get angry when we're on the road and we get angry at other drivers because we're free to let it out. But we never go like, oh, I'm so angry at that that person who just cut me off. We're like, oh my God, that person cut me off. What? Right? We let that, that, that affect out. And it's important to let it out, whatever it is. Like emotions are called feelings. 
because we feel them in our bodies, right? So you think you identify what's going on, you express it with affect, and then you respond to yourself in a new way. And here's where people go wrong. They say, they minimize it. It's really not that bad. I mean, it's not like I'm in a war zone or something. Other people have it way, well, just much worse. Like, what am I complaining about? So totally dismiss and diminish or, or compare themselves to others. Comparison is the thief of joy. It is not, it is, it is a, it is a, a false equivalency to say something like, why am I upset that I got a flat tire and had to deal with all that when people are dying in, 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 in Gaza and Israel and, and, and the Ukraine? And in and, and places in Africa and all over the world. That is a false equivalency. Your flat tire and how it messed up your life is still, you're still having to deal with it. It's still a problem for you. You get to honor that and recognize that and feel that. And then at a certain point, be able to say, but you know what? Compared to, you, first you have to express it. And then after you express it, then when you respond to yourself, you say, of course, I'm upset. It messed up my day. It's really a pain to deal with. And, uh, uh, but you know what? In the scheme of things, I, I, I'm, I'm glad it, it wasn't worse, right? You can, you can do that without minimizing yourself if you allow yourself to express it first. And whatever it is, got to validate, acknowledge, and then reassure yourself. Of course I feel upset. Of course I feel sad. Of course I'm anxious. This situation is happening. How could I not? But I'm going to remember that I've been through tough times in the past. I, I have the capacity to get through whatever challenges are thrown my way. Yes, it's hard, but I believe in myself. Right? So... That's how you stop binging at night. You identify what's going on, you express your feelings, you and and then you respond to yourself in a different way as you would a friend. Assuming you don't minimize or dismiss your friend, which I'm hoping you do not. Um and I think that is that is it for the questions. We are almost out of time. I, I just want to say it's uh, the holiday season. If you are looking for a unique gift for yourself or someone else, uh, you've seen my cup, Perfectly Imperfect. You could get a Perfectly Imperfect journal and write all about your anger and everything else. Um, I have a new shop. It doesn't. It has way more than things that say Perfectly Imperfect. Um, cur it has Curious Not Critical. It has many, many fun things. Go to flourishnow.shop flourishnow.shop, which is the um, where you can get Dr. Nina swag and you can um, you can remind yourself every day that it is okay to be perfectly imperfect, to be curious, not critical, all the things, to be psychological and not uh, that it's logical, not psychological. Thank you so much for joining me here on The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. I'm here every Thursday at noon Pacific on Voice America. I'll see you next week. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Each week, she offers valuable insights to stop emotional eating and give steps to lead a joyous life. Tune in next Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.